0: So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he'll recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant resting in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad I wasn't there, so that you may believe, but let us go with him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? Some of them said, Cannot he who opened the eyes of that blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Mm-hmm. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes. and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him. And let him go. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. These are really special people. Close friends of the Lord, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among them. And they were his best friends. The best friends of God. Now, we know about their intimate relationship with Jesus from reading the different gospel accounts. We often see Jesus spending time with his family, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Uh, We know from reading the Passion narrative that the sisters themselves were there at the crucifixion scene. And when he rose three days later, we see that he appears first to those very sisters. And In this particular passage, Lazarus only identified to Jesus as he whom you love. And based on that, Jesus knew exactly who they were talking about. Now, one would think in such a close relationship one would do anything possible to save their very best friend, I mean even to go to the very greatest of lengths to do so. If you knew your very best friend in the whole world was dying, and somehow you could prevent it and only you could prevent it, if you don't, then you're a pretty bad friend. You'd do anything for your best friend if only you could prevent them from dying. If not, you're just a terrible friend and there's no nice way to say it really. But that's exactly what Jesus did. So how can we reconcile these two things? This messenger travels from Bethany across the Jordan to where Jesus and the disciples are with this urgent message, "Lord, he whom you love is ill." And Jesus decides to stay there for two days. Where's the urgency? He stays there two days, longer. Just imagine how Lazarus, Mary, Martha must have felt at this time, when the messenger returns. And Jesus is not with them. Here's their dear friend, Jesus, who's performed so many miracles. He's turned water to wine, he's walked on water, he's cast out demons, he's healed the sick, he's caused the lame to walk, he's called the mute to speak, he's called the deaf to hear. And here in this very moment, when you need him the most, he doesn't show up, and Lazarus dies. And they must have felt absolutely betrayed. This is their very very best friend. Only he can heal. He doesn't come back with the messenger. When they need him most, he doesn't show up. He's done this for so many others. We've seen it. We've heard about it. Why not us? We thought he truly cared about us. You may have felt the very same way at times in your life. Has God abandoned me as well when I need him most? If he truly cared, if he truly loved me, this wouldn't be happening. But the thing is, God does care. God always shows up. Sometimes it's not the way you expect. Most of the time it isn't. Sometimes it's not when you expect it to happen. And most of the time it isn't that either. It's not the way, we ask. It's not the way that we ask for. God works in his own time and in his own ways. Now, our common sense tells us that because he didn't go help right away, that this was a reckless decision to just wait. He must have not cared. But what we call common sense is oftentimes perceived as foolishness in comparison to the wisdom of God. I'll say that again. What we call common sense is oftentimes perceived as foolishness compared to the wisdom of God. Amen. These great friends of Jesus ask for healing. That's all they ask for, but they won't get it they'll get something much more he says this will lead to the son of God being glorified because his plan is greater than what they asked for and now what I don't want you to hear me saying is that this is all part of God's plan because that's definitely not what I'm saying because that's not true God did not cause Lazarus to get sick God did not cause Lazarus to die that's not God's plan now how God chooses to react to what happened is God's plan and Jesus says that the Son of God will be glorified through it. But the sickness it's, the sickness and the death itself, that is not of God. They're from the Satan. Bad things happen all the time. Sickness and death, they're not of God. Only good and perfect things are from God. The evil spirits have a lot more power and control in this world than we in the Western world like to think at times. Uh, just look at the Bible. The evil spirits have a whole lot of control in this world. Evil things are never of God. Now can God use bad and evil things and turn them around to bring good out of it? Of course, and as a matter of fact, he will. Paul tells us in Romans 8 that all things will be worked together for the good of those who love the Lord. Even the worst possible things, God will bring it, work it around, to bring something good out of it. Because Satan never gets the last laugh. And he can try to destroy us. He can give us sickness and disease and death and whatever it may come. But whatever he does, God's going to end up doing something good with it in the long run. The devil never gets the last laugh. Amen. So after waiting a couple days, he tells the disciples, let's go back to Judea. Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going to go awaken him. And they think he's absolutely out of his mind, because he had just been in Jerusalem for the Feast of Dedication. And what did they try to do? They wanted to stone Jesus. So they think he's crazy, Like, why would you go back there? You were just there. They tried to kill you. Why would you go back? If Lazarus had just fallen asleep, couldn't wake up. Don't worry about it. So then Jesus decides to get a little blunt with him. Listen, Lazarus died, and I'm glad I wasn't there because out of this, it'll cause you to have greater faith. And then Thomas the twin, who's often called the doubter, speaks up in a great instance of love and says, let's go, that we may die with him. Uh, Now I could write a whole sermon just on that alone. Oh, and as a matter of fact, I did. So if you want to hear that, come back tonight at 5 o'clock, and we'll have that sermon. So they go, they make the walk down to Bethany, which is only about two miles east of Jerusalem. And Bethany was also a common route to Jerusalem. It was along this very common route. And at this time, we're approaching Passover. So there's a lot of foot traffic going through there. By the time Jesus finally arrives, Lazarus has already been dead in the tomb for four days. And when Martha heard she, that he was approaching, she runs out, probably thinking what we were talking about earlier. Like, where is, why has God abandoned us? She goes out, she says, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. How could you do this to us? And that's when Jesus tells her Martha, your brother will rise again. And she doesn't know exactly what he's talking about, because she says, yes, I know he'll rise again. On the resurrection of the last day, He says, no, you don't get it. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. They may die, but they'll live again. Do you believe this, Martha, he says? Yes, I believe that you are Christ, the Son of God. And soon soon after Mary comes out and says the exact same thing, Jesus, where were you? If you were here, he would not have died. You could have prevented this, but you didn't. At this point, Jesus is overcome by emotion, and Jesus begins to weep. And here we see the great beauty and mystery of the incarnation, God incarnate, God in the flesh. God's both fully human, with the death of his good friend and the mourning of his sisters, brings him to tears. Yet he's also fully God, he's going to perform one of the greatest miracles he ever performs. Roll the stone away," he says. Martha says, "I told you he's been dead four days. It's gonna smell really bad." He said, "Didn't I tell you if you only believe, you will see the glory of God?" Then Jesus takes a moment to pray, and I imagine he's still a distance away from the tomb because it says he says this with a shout. But then again, uh, dead people are probably hard at hearing, so that may be the reason he shouted as well. But I'm just assuming he's still far away from the tomb. And with a loud shout, he says, Lazarus, come out! And everyone around is in suspense. Remember, there are a lot of people there. We saw earlier the people that were in the house followed Mary when she came out. We saw a lot of people came to console the family. We know that a lot of people are making their way through there because Passover is coming. This is just two miles from Jerusalem. There's a big crowd at this time. Everyone's in suspense. Is this man actually going to walk out of this cave? This dead man, is he actually going to walk out of here? And then here he comes. Here's Lazarus, the dead man, walking on his own. And then Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. This simple command that Jesus gives, simply to take the wrap and linen off, But it means so much more than that. Only Jesus has the authority to declare this, to let one be unbound and set free. Lazarus was bound by sickness. He was bound by death, bound by sin. And then Jesus says, unbind him, let him go. There are lots of things that can take us captive. Sin, pain, death, grief, depression, shame, hurt, only Jesus can set us free. Only he can unbind us from these things. Free from what's holding us captive. Free to love and experience his joy, the joy and peace that's only found within him. Unbind him let him go. But Lazarus had to die first in order to be set free. And we have to do the very same thing. We have to die first in order to be set free. Physical death? Not necessarily. Spiritual death? Yes. What, but what does that even mean? What, what does that mean by we have to die before we are set free? Back in John chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to Jesus. And Jesus tells him, unless one is born again, born of both the water and the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus is a Jewish Uh, he's a Jewish teacher. He knows the Bible. He spent his whole life learning this. He's got all the answers. Nicodemus is the guy that you come to if you have a question about the Torah, the original Hebrew law. And he's an old man at this point. And Jesus tells him, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And he responds, can a man this age go back into his mother's womb? Can a man this age... Really go back and rethink everything? I've spent my whole life dedicated to this. People come to me when they have questions. I'm an old man now. Can I really go back and rethink everything? Because that's what repent means. Repent means to change your mind. To rethink something. And to repent and to be born again. is To forget everything you've ever known and rethink everything through the lens of Jesus Christ and his teachings which is exactly what Jesus told Nicodemus to do in chapter 3 of John. Let Jesus Christ set you free. Let him unbind you from whatever it is that is controlling your life. Let him have your life instead. Be set free. But first you must die. Whatever you've ever been told, forget about it. Whatever anyone's ever taught you, Forget about it. Whatever you've heard me say, forget about it. Whatever you've heard another preacher say, forget about it. And rethink everything through the lens of Jesus Christ and his teachings. And only then are you born again. Are you dying to what you once knew? And you're born again to the life and freedom of Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you're someone who personally needs to be set free. You want to give up the life you're living now, the life you've always lived, the life you've always known, the things you've always known, the things you've always thought. And you want to live a life for Christ, where you live to follow him and do his will, and not the will of anyone else, not the will of anything else, not the will of the country, not the will of a political party, not the will of parents, if it's different from the will of Christ. Not the will of anything else other than the will of Jesus Christ. Only thinking you have freedom both from sin and death and also freedom to love and have joy. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you need to be set free. Maybe you, need, maybe you realize that only Jesus has the authority to say, unbind them and let them go. Because no matter who you are, something's holding you captive. You're bound by something. Well, could be any of the things I mentioned earlier something different. Now you might think, well, so you're telling me I'll be unbound from everything. I'll be unbound from sickness if I follow Jesus Christ. It sounds kind of ridiculous. Well not now. The kingdom that we pray for to come to this earth as it is in heaven hasn't come into full effect. It started. But it won't be here completely until he comes again, has full reign on everything. Even in sickness, even in death once and for all. Because he did it in death as well. Lazarus gonna die again, sure. But you see, there's still a resurrection later to come because of what Jesus did. He's the first fruits. He died on the cross. He was resurrected. And we'll all be resurrected again one day. (coughs) You know, we get in our minds a lot of times that heaven is just this spiritual place that you disappear to after you die. Well, if that's the case, then death wasn't really defeated. Because everyone still dies. Like you might go to a spiritual place, but you still died. Death's still one. Through Jesus there's resurrection a physical resurrection you'll you'll die but death won't hold you down you'll rise again and be set free and live forever with the Savior with the Lord God Almighty maybe you need to be set free this morning and we love to help you with your next steps no matter what that might be whether it's whether it's baptism whether it's You just need prayer, maybe it's something specific you need to confess in your life. You can talk to anyone. Invitation's open. It's open now and it never closes. Don't but I urge you, don't leave here without being set free. Even if you've been baptized before, you might not be free. There might be something holding you captive. Only when you are born again, both of water and the Spirit, are you set free. Only when you rethink everything through the lens of Jesus Christ and follow Him, are you set free.